0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather round, gather round because it is that time of the day. Yes, it is Crypto 101 podcast time where I am joined, as always, by my notorious compadre and co-host and best buddy, Mr. Aaron, pizza mind Malone. Aaron, how are things over in Texas? Oh, hey, that's me.
1: Uh, Texas (laughs) is uh, going pretty good. We're about to get another freeze over here, which means I'm going to be indoors, building some Legos and just ticking uh, you know boxes off the calendar until <laughs> Bitcoin's pumping again. But uh, you know, it's a good time for this lull because I like to research things. I like to find the next big thing, the mm. next interesting thing. Uh, and while many things are clones of a clone of a clone and fork of a fork of a fork, there are some really unique things being built in this space. You're telling me there's still
0: original people in the crypto market? Can you believe it? I hope we're joined by one today.
1: (laughs) I think we are. We're joined by Elizabeth Teixeira, the co-founder of Sand Clock. And if that's just not the coolest name already, both hers and the company name, uh, I didn't even have to check and see what they did. I knew we wanted to talk to them (laughs) and bring them on the podcast. So Elizabeth, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. How you doing?
2: Hello, I'm very excited to be here, and I'm not going to lie, I'm in Portugal, and I'm not jealous of your Texan weather. We've been (laughs) at the beach, hiking, it's been a really warm winter, so yeah.
0: I I love that. No, I actually hear, um, let's just start on Portugal. That's really cool. I mean, a lot of people in the crypto space have actually moved to Portugal. Um, Tell us a little bit about what's going on over there. Is is it a tax purpose thing? What's kind of the big impetus?
2: So it's funny actually that so many people and and have been ending up in Portugal. My husband is Portuguese, born and raised, and I'm American. I've been living here for uh, on and off for about five or six years now, and um, it's just totally coincidence that it's becoming such a hub. Um, I have to say, I am skeptical that we will have such wonderful tax rules around crypto for long. I think it is largely that the Portuguese government is a bit behind and maybe hasn't caught on so much yet, um, but they are smart to leave it as it is because I, it's attracting so many people to this country and, and improving, it really is bringing a lot of money into the economy here. So hopefully it won't change.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's funny. We, we saw the same thing happen in Puerto Rico, right? They had the Act 20, Act 2022, capital gains taxes were kind of you know, alleviated in a sense, and also let me preface this: everything we talk about on this show is not financial advice, certainly not tax advice. Seek your own advisors, all that kind of stuff. But Puerto Rico, but we saw- may be a real estate advisors. So if you need a warmer place <laughs> in the winter, go to Portugal.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, but yeah, That's it's really true.
0: cool to see how um, you know governments can um, you know incentivize people to come and to build and to help these sort of you know more developing sort of areas. Um, with favorable tax advantages. but uh, anyhow, let's uh, let's dive into Elizabeth and your background and let's you know hear a little bit about you know what you were doing before you even got into the crypto industry and what was it that that actually pulled you in?
2: Yeah, so um, I was very heavy in the film and education sectors actually. So crypto was professionally, was not necessarily my background. And, you know, for a while I was, I was honestly a bit skeptical of crypto. My husband's been involved in crypto for many, many years and I didn't fully understand how it works. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us probably feel like that in the beginning, especially. And then one day I kind of was like, all this stuff my husband was talking to me about. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I want to understand it. Please explain it to me. So we you're were like, one beach. of
0: us is, uh, <laughs> is missing something here either. You're Freaking yeah. crazy, or I'm just missing it. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. And I'm so one day we were we were on a walk at the beach, and my husband was with me and and our dog, and I just was like, "Teach, teach me! Like now's your chance. Teach me everything." And he drew photos in the sand with a stick. What a great me all the provider. ins and outs of watching. <laughs> exactly, uh, and you know it was it was really nice. And then from there, I just started immersing myself in crypto, and I realized, you know, not only that. It opens up such an infinite number of possibilities and use cases, but also that you know, there are like really smart people in this space, really brilliant people. So I I just I now I kind of see crypto as the next defining thing for our world and, and I'm excited to be a part of it. It's just a really it's all very exciting.
1: That's really fascinating, Elizabeth. So what inspired you then to not just get into crypto but start building in crypto? What what's the origin story of Sandclock?
2: Yeah, so actually, I think Sanfok has a pretty wholesome story behind it. Um, about over a year ago or so, our dog, Ella, was a really beautiful boarder colleague, two years old. Um, she swallowed a whole chicken bone, and she got really sick after that. She was losing weight very rapidly and having a whole bunch of other concerning symptoms. And honestly, we took her to so many vets, we contacted so many vets, and no one was able to offer A treatment that worked or even tell us what was wrong with her. So eventually we were researching on the internet, kind of really desperate for an answer. And we came across a a really small nonprofit that provided the educational resources to not only diagnose Ella, but also give her the treatment that quite literally saved her life. So at that point, you know, I was kind of already starting to look into uh, working more professionally in the crypto space. And this seemed like a really great way to kind of take advantage of my own situation and bridge charity and crypto and yeah that's how we started sandclock
0: and so sandclock is is a blockchain company that exists to empower users to save, give, invest and spend and philanthropy is really at the heart of sandclock so can you kind of tell me a little bit about how a user might leverage sandclock
2: yeah, sure. So like you said, the whole idea behind Sandclock is to empower the user, to empower you to do what you want with your funds. So kind of how Sandclock works in a nutshell, um, we not only split principle from yield, right? But we also empower you to subdivide your yield however you want. So that's kind of how it differs from a more traditional yield optimizer. Um, and then within that, you can kind of, we say you can point your your yield wherever you want, kind of like a hose, right? So you might say you want to donate 20%, maybe to an animal charity or an environmental cause. And then maybe you want to allocate another 30% to go to a wallet that you've created for your child, for allowance or scholarship fund, or even to your, I don't know, your maybe your mother, you want to allocate some money to your mother every month to help her pay her bills, whatever it is. And then maybe you want to keep the rest and and put it toward a retirement fund or buying a new house, something like that. So really, it's total flexibility, and you can do whatever you want with it. And it's all automated. And yeah, it enables a whole bunch of different use cases, which is really exciting and cool. And and it's quite powerful, actually.
1: This has been something that I've been waiting for since you know I I was a kid. Basically, you know, we, we grow up putting money away in envelopes. That's how pretty much everyone I knew handled their finances. They have an envelope for bills, envelope for fun, whatever it was. And I just kept wondering, you know, when online banking was created, why were there no envelopes that I could sort my checking account into? And then, you know, DeFi was created, exchanges were created. Why do I still have no envelopes that I can sort my money into how I think of it? And finally, finally, in 2022, Someone's actually built it. So first off, thank you. Secondly, awesome. And third, what's coming up next and what change does this integrate with? What currencies does it integrate with? And where is the project at in terms of its development?
2: Yeah. So we've been building for quite a while and we're finally reaching the point where we're looking forward to a launch. We're, we're aiming for Q1, hopefully. Uh, we also have our website launching very soon, which may not sound that exciting, but it's been like a year in development almost. And we have one of the best design firms in the world building it. So um, really, really excited. Yeah, for the that. website
0: is kick-ass.
2: Really? Already? Because that's like our MVP. That's like our... We were getting a lot of complaints that we didn't have a website. So we it built that. It looks really cool. And cool. Okay. If you like that visual, if you like that moving crystal, that moving quartz, oh, yeah. there's a lot of that on the website. <laughs> so you'll love it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's coming up. And as far as like partnerships go and things like that, you know, right now, a big focus for us is exploring other streams of yield. So to start, we'll tap into Anchor Protocol on Terra, but we don't necessarily want to depend on any one source of yield right so you're definitely going to see some partnerships and general developments kind of emerging around around that in the next couple of months um yeah okay interesting
0: so a user will use Sandclock as a wallet in a sense that generates yield is that right
2: yeah, we actually use the language foundation. So we've sort of reclaimed that word foundation, right? You see really wealthy people creating these foundations, we Got say, right? It. So how we've reclaimed this word is that we empower what, you know, basically normal people, people like you and me to create foundations and funnel and funnel that, that yield and funnel that money wherever they want. And it's worthwhile because we're using blockchain technology. So we have higher yields, higher interest rates than what you see in the traditional world. And it's, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, no, that is really exciting. How do foundations work
1: under the hood from like a legal structure?
2: Yeah, it's, it's actually interesting you bring that up um, because we have had a really big focus on um, regulatory compliance and really trying to follow the rules as much as we can. Uh, so we have in-house general counsel to kind of guide us on that, um, and there are, you know there are restricted areas and and things of that sort. Um, but we're we're actually working really actively with um, a government affairs firm to kind of try to persuade the U.S. government in particular to give us a little more clarity on some of this stuff. Um, yeah.
0: And so is there um, a sand clock token that that, that is tradable or, it, you know, um, I guess, how was the, uh, the company formed?
2: Yeah. So we have our token Quartz. Um, so that's why you see a lot of symbolism with our, with our crystals and our quartz. We love them. Um, and we actually rejected VC money early on. So we're fully funded by the community. Um, it's been really exciting. We had two different sales, one back in May where we raised $3 million in under three minutes. And then we did another one, um, which was uh, a LBP Copper Launch and um, an auction in, I believe, November and in total, we raised, I think, just under $20 million. So it really, it's it's very community-focused. And um, and there's I, I really have grown to love the community around mm-hmm. courts. Um, so, yeah.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about what that, you know, people are probably like, wow, $3 million in three minutes. How do I do that? Uh, um, can you tell us a little bit about your strategy for, for that first raise?
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Marketing was really big for that. And we did a lot of different things. But honestly, I I think just connecting with people via Twitter and also um, Discord was really important because that was like our hub. And once our Discord kicked off, it just kept growing and growing. And, And I also always say, like, connect with other projects and connect with other builders in the space. And because at the end of the day, a huge part of it is just awareness and, and exposure and, and making sure that people know that you're having a sale. And then next comes getting your resources out, your information, right? Making sure people know what they're putting money into and know what they're going to be a part of. And from there, yeah, it's it's really just connecting with with the potential community.
1: And one of the things you guys connected with is your background in charity. And a portion of your treasury every quarter is going to charity. How do you decide which charities this funding goes towards?
2: Yeah, so um, that's kind of philanthropy is always kind of at the heart of Sandbrook, right? So even though we have all these other use cases and all these other things that we enable through our platform, there is always kind of this thing of like good intentions and charity and and giving back. Um, So we designate a portion of our charity every quarter to um, a portion of our treasury every quarter to charity. And how that actually gets decided is by our courts holders. So it's going to be part of our governance and courts holders will get to vote on which charity gets that money, uh, which I think is a really great way to involve a community and kind of make it so that we're all in this together, giving back and searching for ways to do that.
0: And is there any incentives for, for, for giving, you know, do people get rewarded in courts tokens or um, I always kind of think about, you know, just, you know, getting people more excited to give.
2: Yes, absolutely. That has been a huge focus. Like I said, there are so many things SandClock does, but if we can incentivize giving and create more reasons for you to give, make it more worth your while, why would we not do that? Right? So Kind of one that has been of particular interest to a lot of people is the NFT tax receipts that we've created. So when you make a donation, depending on your jurisdiction, you'll get an NFT tax receipt, which is kind of cool and exciting and new. We also have a money lottery in the works powered by Pool Together. Uh, NFT art raffles. We've already kind of started to acquire a couple of cool NFTs from some well-known collections to um, make part of our raffles. And of course, we also have something called charity mining. And, and if you've never heard of charity mining, it's it's because it's entirely exclusive it. to SandClock. Yeah, like it's created by SandClock. Sand <laughs> exactly. So in a nutshell, charity mining is when you are temporarily allocated our governance token of courts for each donation you make. So you can't trade courts in this case with charity mining the way you would if you bought it but you do get to participate in governance. You can use it to access sponsored yield and even insurance in the future. So aside from trading the token, you're basically entitled to any of the other benefits that any other quartz holder gets. And and we're always iterating on these incentives and looking for new ways to encourage giving.
0: So timing the crypto markets is hard, right? No surprise. You do tons of research to invest and and then you just end up being down 20% the next day sometimes. Why? Who knows? Maybe it was due to an unexpected sell-off that you never saw coming or some liquidation cascade that you just didn't have you know, enough margin for error. For
3: the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.
0: And whatever it is, I just see too many investors falling prey to one problem. Um, and it's just not diversifying their portfolio enough. And no, buying Ethereum instead of Bitcoin, to me at least, that's not diversifying. Tons of elite investors are adding other alternative assets like multi million dollar blue chip art to their portfolios. And the secret to doing it is masterworks.org. I O. Okay, this investment app has turned paintings by icons like Picasso and Warhol and even Banksy into investable products. Look, since releasing their beta three years ago, they've securitized 350 million dollars of art, and over 300 thousand investors have signed up. Okay, many of them happen to be my listeners. So, to discover the power of art investing head over to masterworks.io slash crypto101. Again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto101. It's very important as well. Take a look at the disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. And we're also going to link to those in the show notes.
1: Trying to think, you know, matching things up is... SandClock going to replace my trust wallet or my Coinbase wallet? Or is it more like a portfolio tracker, like a Blockfolio or a Delta? Yeah, something so... completely different, like a wealth management platform that doesn't even exist yet.
2: Yeah, I think a wealth management platform is a great way to describe it. You know, and I think there's a lot of reasons why somebody might choose SandClock over a more centralized portfolio platform. So for starters, it's not custodial. You know, it really empowers you to do what you want with your money. Uh, You don't necessarily have to be wealthy to use it, right? It's accessible to anyone. And we really try to take the complexity away through a super simple user experience. So that has been a huge focus as well. So when you're using the platform, the goal is that you don't really feel like there's all these crazy things happening in the back end, right? There's all these crazy things happening uh, that you don't even, you're not even aware of. It's just happening. And and for you, it's ease of use and it's simple. And of course, you can look more into our resources on what's happening if you're interested, but it's not that you have to. So if if you don't understand it fully, or if you don't want to, or you don't really care. Um, And we also expect it will likely result in higher yields. So more gains for you.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What what assets are going to be supported out of the box when this thing launches?
2: Yeah. So we will have USD initially and um, USD. And we, we also are looking into... Wait, what, what did you say? USD and USD. Got it. And we're also looking into mm-hmm. having a potential um, fiat ramp. But... The regulations on that are quite complex, um, but it's something that we're pursuing really actively and kind of investigating. And, and we really hope because I think that would onboard a lot more people from the traditional world and people who aren't necessarily native to crypto.
0: Yeah, totally. Wow, very interesting. I know I I, I could definitely say in all the people that we've interviewed and all the platforms, this is you know very original and um, completely unlike anything else. Um, so really good for you guys for, for kind of thinking up of. Of such an interesting, you know, product. So, so, one of the things I want to get your sense on here is uh, just your 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 hot take on the market right now. And so, you know, we're recording this here early February, and uh, you know the markets are choppy. Do you and your husband and like your team are you guys trading? Are you guys following markets, or are you guys just building um, and kind of ignoring the price action? Do you have any thoughts on where we're at and
2: where we might be going this year? To be honest, I used to trade a lot, my husband and I both, and since building Soundclock, we've kind of uh, I have tokens that I've I've held for Couple of years now, just not touched at all. Um, we've kind of taken our a step back from trading a bit because trading is like it can be a full time job in itself, you know, uh, and and bring out a lot of stress of its own. Um, but you know, some of the things that I'm excited about, kind of looking ahead for the next year with regards to crypto in general, um, I'm really looking forward to real world adoption. That's something I'm particularly passionate about um, bringing crypto to the masses, you know, businesses, schools, non technical people. Um, I want to see crypto reaching all of them and I think with with each passing year we're seeing more of that um, I also think that we're gonna see more marketing which may have an impact on the market more than we think so you know I think this is one area that crypto has kind of been lacking for a while and we're slowly starting to see more and more aggressive marketing and not only more aggressive marketing within the crypto space but also companies from outside of the crypto space kind of tapping into, That the communities that form around crypto and using it as another vehicle for marketing. And I think that that overlap is kind of twofold, and it's going to hit more people in the crypto space because of it, and also more people outside of the crypto space. And typically, the more people we get involved in in crypto, the better the market does. So that's always good, more money flowing in.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And so you you mentioned um, your platform is going to be integrated with... uh, Anchor, kind of as the savings and yield generation protocol, and then UST, which is the stablecoin. So I I take it you guys are pretty bullish on the Terra and the Luna ecosystem. Um, is there any particular reason for that, that you guys kind of chose that instead of Solana or Ethereum? Um, and uh, just, just general thoughts around that decision? Yeah.
2: So we're actually multi-chain. So we're also built on Ethereum. But in particular, I will say one of the things I've really loved about the Terra community um, is that there is so much, it's a very fierce community and there's a lot of intensity and loyalty oh, yeah. behind it. And it's fun called
0: lunatics for nothing, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. It, it, there's just a lot of passion. And it's not that you don't see that in other on other blockchains, but it's just so prevalent in the Terra community. So um, that's been really fun to have all of that extra support and kind of love from from the, our Terra friends and our lunatics and yeah.
1: Have you been able to actually show what you built to Do Kwan and get his thoughts on it?
2: Well, we haven't shown him yet, but we have talked to him in the last few months and uh, very positive. And I think he's always excited to see more projects getting built on Terra, so yeah.
1: Yeah, no yeah, doubt. definitely. He's one of our favorite uh, builders in this space too. So it's yeah. always great anytime we have him on and anytime we see something being built on Terra, we get really excited.
2: Yes, us too. I think that it's it's just so it's moving so fast. The Terra ecosystem is like crazy how fast it's moving. Actually, I would argue that Terra has done marketing quite well, um, mm. and yeah,
0: yeah. So, would you say? Uh, you're more bullish on DeFi and some of the things that you're doing, or you're kind of more on the NFT side, right? Because I, I, I've been hearing yeah. a lot of people that are like, oh, DeFi is dead. Like That's so old school. It's about NFTs now. I'm like, you're out of your mind. But what, what's your take?
2: Yeah. So in general, I would say I lean more toward the DeFi side of things, mostly because I, I see that as I just see so many endless opportunities and so many possibilities with what we can do with that in the future. And uh, just bringing more people into the space and mm-hmm. and opening more opportunities for more people. Having said that, I've kind of slowly been getting into NFTs. I think my husband doesn't like it so much. He thinks probably I'm spending too much money on NFTs, but it's fun. It <laughs> is <precious> fun. Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, but I also think that one one interesting thing about NFTs that we're going to see in the next next year, next couple of years, is more functional NFTs. So like this NFT tax receipt I was talking about is something that, it's an NFT, it's not an image, right? But it's it's something that has a lot of purpose and function. And I don't think the images are going away necessarily, but I think we're going to see even more use cases for NFTs in the near future.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I even saw there's this uh, platform called Aletheia, which is making like, these NFTs that are tied to AI personalities. Excuse me? And you can like, yeah, you have like this holographic character in this metaverse and you can kind of like pick and train and model a personality, which you could then leverage as like a personal assistant or a dominatrix. I don't know what the possibilities could be <laughs> be for this. Maybe you could train a president. Like it's not engineered for any one specific use case. It's just everything. But these personalities and the ownership of them are tied to NFTs. It's yeah. just mind boggling.
0: I, I think about like back when I used to, you know, I was in uh, middle school and I was really into like World of Warcraft and RuneScape. And, you know, you have like all these little different, uh, you know, characters and stuff and weapons. And, you know, our, our avatars are going to be NFTs, right? Like, you know, as you, you, you browse the web, whatever games you play, they're all going to be NFTs eventually. And they're going to be, you know, we can now prove unique digital scarcity and have unique digital identifiers on every digital asset. So there's there's no reason for you know video games of the future, ten years down the line, to have elements in the game that aren't digitally scarce because there's so much value to be extracted from that. Um, so. <laughs> I, I'm definitely slowly getting on board with the NFTs as I'm being NFT pilled because <laughs> um, I, I I saw the whole hype, I saw the bubble unfold with the the profile pictures, the board apes, the 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 all, all, you know the punks, all this kind of stuff, and I said, "Wow, like this just looks so frothy. It just seems silly. Um, these things don't have you know much." Use case and all that kind of stuff. And the bubble kind of like popped and deflated and then it started to reflate. And then just the other week, I saw Genesis, which is one of the largest lending firms in crypto. They've done, you know, billions and billions in loan originations in crypto. They're a huge OTC counterparty. They just announced that they're going to be accepting NFTs as collateral, particularly like the blue chip ones. Like there's, you know, five that they're going to accept or whatever. So I'm like, oh shit, like if these are the sharpest of the sharp guys in crypto, they've probably done their diligence here on the uh, on the the kind of the holder base of these NFTs and the fluctuations and ran their ratios and all that kind of stuff and thought from a, a risk perspective, it was actually okay to lend against these illiquid NFTs. So there's definitely something out there that I think we should all be paying attention to. Um, well, but, at least yeah. these five anyway, maybe
1: not the other 10,000. Yeah. So it's kind of just like uh altcoins back in 2018. It's like, which ones do you really think are going to withstand the test of time? Think hard about this.
0: (laughs) So true.
2: Having said that, I also think about everything you're saying. Like, imagine how many people are being exposed to NFTs because of this and being exposed to crypto in the end, right? Like, I think that the NFTs one of the really cool benefits of them, at least for the crypto space is just how many people are being exposed. Like people who might not be really into DeFi and might not really be into kind of looking at different financial opportunities might be into art. I don't know. Like it, there's totally. just so many possibilities. And I, I think that's really cool about it.
0: Yeah. And all the the, yeah. um, you know, the communities that form around them are strong and people love just the feeling of inclusion and like, Hey, we're in this together. And if I have this one and you have this one, we could go to the same meetup and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there, there there seems to be something cool there. And as NFTs kind of get married to DeFi, and as these DeFi protocols like MakerDAO or something like that, start to issue um DAI or stable coins, you know, when they're backed by uh, NFTs, like that, that's really cool. That gets a diverse pool of collateral to, you know, kind of mitigate risk and stuff in DeFi. So there's gonna be a lot of interesting things that that unfold in that in that regard. Um And and do you think SandClock will will have their, you know, I know that they have NFT receipts, which is already very um, innovative and kind of cool, right? Being able to have, you know, a a blockchain based receipt that's, you know, permanent, right? Um, What other kind of NFT stuff do you think you guys might dive into as maybe you explore the metaverse or anything like that?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of opportunity from a marketing perspective as well to kind of tap into that market. I would like to bring more of the NFT community into the DeFi world because I actually don't think there's as much overlap as you might think. I think those two are are really kind of separate right now. And it would be cool to bridge them and kind of... We've worked with a couple of, of great NFT projects in the past to do like a charity auction and a couple of other things. And it would be really cool to kind of do more of that um, and just see if we can kind of bridge some overlaps, get some people from the DeFi world buying some NFTs and and get some people from the NFT world getting, putting their deposits into something like Sandbox and and using more, tapping into more of what DeFi has to offer.
1: Amazing. Uh, I hate to wrap up this episode, but we must respect your time as you're already moving In the middle of this episode, and it's getting really late over there. So one final question for you, Elizabeth, I've been getting a lot of DMS recently from women in our community who want to join this space as builders, can you give them some words of wisdom or advice from a female's perspective, what's the best way to get started being a builder in this industry?
2: Yeah, I think, I think the best way to get started is to just say, like, screw it and go for it and really not let anything kind of, even just in your own ego, stand in your way. Because I think that one of the awesome things about this space is that I truly believe anybody can build something and build something really great and have it improve the space and maybe even improve the world. Um, It's not like that in the traditional world. There are barriers to entry. There aren't really any barriers to entry in this space. Anybody can be embraced if you're building something great. So I would say just kind of, yeah, throw it all out the window and throw all of your hesitations and and all of your, any feeling in you that says you don't want to take a risk or a chance on this and just go for it because the opportunity is there. And really, honestly, there is nothing that is going to stand in your way if, if you commit to this journey.
0: I like the motto of screw it let's do it <laughs> yeah, exactly where have i heard that before yeah <laughs> awesome well well elizabeth we can't thank you enough for uh spending a half hour with us here on the show again in the middle of uh you know moving houses it's you know almost midnight over there in portugal so we'll let you go uh, we will. We we hope that you have a great rest of your evening, a, a great move, and we'll bring you back on the show as you know more plans kind of unfold. You guys have more announcements. We'd love to uh, keep highlighting you guys.
2: Awesome, it was fun. You guys are great hosts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>